morning, I would like to continue the sermon series that we started two weeks before, known as the Epicenter of Hope, a Christmas that shook the foundations. Can you say that with me? Read that with me. The Epicenter of Hope, a Christmas that shook the foundations. The objective of the sermon series are this as uh, they are listed here on the screen right now. Number one, to understand the impact that Christmas made when Christ was born. Number two, to keep Christmas as the epicenter of hope. Because at times our hope may fail. At times, you know, hope may be challenged. And during this season, you know, for some families, some individuals, if you, you know, carefully observe, month of December is not that easy to go through. Month of December, you know, even though it's the end of the month, you know, we want to just celebrate Christmas and just have a good family time. But month of December is not an easy month for many families. So during the season, we want to keep Christ as the epicenter of hope when our faith is shaken. When our faith is shaken. Thirdly, the, uh, the, the objective is to propagate the original impact of Christmas to the current generation that are celebrating Christmas today in various different ways. So these are the three objectives of the sermon series. Now let's also talk about the impact of Christmas. We talked about three, kinds, three different kinds of impact. Number one, the impact that is made in the heavenly realm. Number two, the impact that is made over the earthly kingdoms. Number three, the impact Christmas makes, made or still makes over the ordinary people like you and me. So last week we talked about the impact Christmas makes on the heavenly kingdom, especially the kingdom of Satan. When I say heavenly kingdom, you know, still he is the ruler over there. Even though God is in ultimate control, he'll still he is a ruler. So this morning we are talking about, you know, just give an just give overview of what we said last week. We talked about a couple of things. We talked about Satan's aggression. We talked about Satan's desire, or he's very aggressive to corrupt the world. That's what he did at the Garden of Eden. That's what he did at the time of Noah. That's what he's doing even today to corrupt the world. Secondly, we talked about the victory Jesus took at the time of his birth. The victory Jesus took at the cross. The victory Jesus took even at the time of his resurrection, through his resurrection. Then we talked about Satan, how he was attempting to destroy every generation, thinking that when the seed is going to come, for, come out, because he was clueless totally that when the seed is going to come out, seed was promised in the Garden of Eden. The Son of Man, the Son of God, was promised as a woman's seed at the Garden of Eden, but he did not know when he is going to come forth, when he is going to come out. So he was waiting generation after generation, trying to destroy the lineage where Jesus could come. And finally, Jesus was born. And we see a couple of scriptures, you know, where, where the birth of Lord Jesus Christ and the crucifixion and the resurrection disarmed Satan to a greater extent. And today, he lost his power. He was not having the power. He's not having the power as he had originally. He lost his power because Jesus took victory at the cross. 
And the doom of Satan is already sentenced. God is going to destroy Satan. And the ultimate victory is going to be when, when God is going to annihilate Satan or destroy Satan and the company and his company in the lake of fire ultimately. And God is going to take the victory. And he is going to reign forever and ever. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? Can I hear a louder amen? amen. Can I get a little feedback if I can? So, so, so you know, the important thing this morning is, it is very important to know that the enemy is defeated. Amen? Hello? Enemy is what? Defeated. You know, when we say enemy is defeated, it has to really get into your blood. Amen? Amen. Enemy is defeated. Amen. <laughs> Not that way. Enemy is defeated. Amen? Amen. Yes, that's, that's what I want. Enemy is defeated. Can I say an amen again? Amen. You know, when I see enemy is defeated, you need to just really do it. And you know, he is a defeated foe. Anybody likes him here? Anybody likes the devil here? No? Better don't like him, okay? Don't put like and hearts there, okay? For the enemy. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. But God is, it's all good. God, God has already taken the victory. God has already taken the victory. So today we are going to talk about the impact that Christmas made on the earthly kingdom. Can you all say earthly kingdom? So this morning I titled my sermon as A Christmas That Shook the Earthly Kingdom. A Christmas That Shook the Earthly Kingdom. You know, Christmas was a threat. When I say Christmas, I'm referring to the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. That was a threat for the enemy, for the devil. And today we are talking about a Christmas that shook the earthly kingdom. You know, this morning you may be in a different situation, right? Some of the family may be going through a difficult time. You may be going through a sick time. You may be going through some struggles in your life, in your family. But whatever it may be, God can speak to you still. Do you believe that? Yes? God can still speak to you in your situation, in your context, you know, God can bring the word and he, is, he can customize it to your need, to your specific situation and he can give you. That's how Holy Spirit works. You know, that's the beauty of the work of the Holy Spirit. So I just want you to, I, I, want, you, I want you to get encouraged this morning. Just want to receive from God something this morning. You don't want to just go out of the way you came in. You want to have something new, a greater revelation, a new revelation, a new strength from God. Those who are listening to me online, this morning I just encourage you to just look forward to receive something from God. And God will show that to you. Birth of Lord Jesus Christ caused terror to the kingdom of the earth. If you can come with me to Matthew chapter 2. Verses 1 through 3. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. If you can just read with me. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Saying, what did they say? Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod, the king, heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem. When Herod, when the king gets troubled, it affects the entire nation. When the king gets troubled, when king was troubled, and all the Jerusalem within the city and in the nation of Judea, the, 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 the section of Judea, 
King Herod, also called Great uh, Herod the Great, he was a ruler of the Roman province of Judea. The Roman emperors, they asked King Herod to rule over Judea during the first century. But he is, you know, probably remembered more in the New Testament because if you remember at the birth of Lord Jesus Christ, he commanded the, the entire province to kill all the male ch children under the age of two. So he is known for that. He's a very notorious fellow. He's a totally unstable king. And at that time of the ruling of King Herod, Jesus was born. Jesus was born. So as he said, Herod was appointed as a ruler over Judea. In fact, the mostly it is a Jewish region. A Roman king has appointed Herod, King Herod, to rule over Judea. And if you know the history, Judea is full of Jews. So he was literally the king of Jews. Judea, Judea was ruled by King Herod and he was literally the king of Jews. Now wise men from the east, they came to King Herod and what are they asking? In Matthew 2, 2 again, if you can read with me, where, where is he who has born, been born king of the Jews? How it would be like for the king, somebody is coming and asking, he is the king and they are asking him, where is the king that king of Jews, where is he born? And that was a shock for him to hear that, you know, somebody is born and somebody is known as king of the Jews, where I am the king of the Jews and who else is the king of the Jews? You know, first blow on his face, the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. When Karen came to know, he came to know that somebody else has come to take his power. Someone else has take, come to take his authority. We are talking about the coming of Lord Jesus Christ, shaking the earthly kingdom. Are you with me? So when wise men come, came from there, they asked the same question. He who has been born king of the Jews, where is he? Can you tell us? They came to the palace because singing that, you know, king obviously will be born in a palace. That's why they came to, came, came to the palace, came to King Herod. Secondly, wise men came. As Bano was mentioning, you know, wise men came to see Lord Jesus Christ. And King Herod told them, you go and see, so that I also may come and worship the child. Do you think that he's going to worship the child? He's going to kill the child, that we know that very well. And wise men came there, and they came there, they bowed down, and they, they worshipped. And God warned them in the dream, don't go back to Herod. And these three wise men, he trusted them for life. He trusted them for years after years. They deceived him. Second blow. Amen? Are you happy? That Herod is getting more blows now? So second blow. The people who, whom he trusted, they deceived. Can you read Matthew chapter 2 verse 12? Matthew chapter 2 verse 12. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. They deceived him. You're talking about the birth of Jesus Christ shaking the kingdom of the earth. Thirdly, somehow he wanted to find Lord Jesus, the baby. And God spoke to Joseph. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying that you arise and go 
out of this place. You arise and go to Egypt. Can you read with me Matthew chapter 2 verse 13? Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Now the days are numbered. Are you with me? The days of Herod is numbered. The moment God told us, because it is in the book of the law, it is in the mind of God that when God wants to bring Jesus back, and when God brings Jesus back, the Herod is not going to be there anymore. His days are numbered right there. And that particular child is hidden by God. The third blow on his face. He cannot find him anymore. He cannot search for him anymore because, you know, God is hiding that baby because the baby is Lord Jesus Christ. God is hiding that baby. Now, Herod becomes so angry, obviously. He couldn't achieve what he wanted to achieve. And he became so angry. Matthew, can you come with me? Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. Then Herod, this is what he said exactly. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, he was exceedingly angry and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Again, it's a prophecy that has to fulfill and that's what we see. It's fulfilling there. So Herod became angry and he decided to kill all the babies under two, age two. And he see what Herod is going through, how the birth of Lord Jesus Christ, you know, Lord Jesus is not just an ordinary child. When he was born, we see the heavenly kingdom shook and now we see the earthly kingdom being shaken now. If you can put the next slide, you know, God shakes the earthly kingdom for a reason. For what? To establish. Do you see that on the slide? God, can you read with me? Out loud, help me here, help me here. Read, read out loud. God shakes the earthly kingdoms to establish his kingdom. God shakes the earthly kingdom to establish his kingdom. You know, this morning we want to see how that had happened in the history of the word of God and how it's happening in your life and in my life. How God shakes the earthly kingdom in order to establish his heavenly kingdom. You know, this is what I believe if you are with me this morning. The shaking that has taken place in the Old Testament are the shadow of the shaking that is going on in Bethlehem in Judea right now. Are you with me? The shaking that has taken place in the Old Testament were the shadow of the shaking that is happening in right now in Bethlehem in the kingdom of Herod, in the kingdom of Judea and the Roman kingdom. In the same way, the shaking that has been taking, that has taken place, also the shaking that will take place in the future, are the echo of what is happening right now in Bethlehem. I just want you to understand this. It's not just unplanned. It's not something happening arbitrarily. It is all planned according to the mega plan of God. I'm just trying to connect these things together this morning. The shaking that has taken place in the Old Testament are the foreshadow of the shaking that is happening at the time of the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. The shaking that has taken place after the birth and will take place continually are the echo. They are propagating into the future 
Always God is in in the business of shaking the earthly kingdom to establish what? To establish his kingdom. His kingdom. Just want to read a scripture, a prophetical scripture from the book of Haggai or Haggai chapter 2 verses 6 and 7. If you can read with me. What the Lord says here. For thus says the Lord of hosts, one more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. We know that the book of Haggai is a prophetical book. You know, every prophecy when God speaks that has a relation to the past and it has an implication to the future. Prophecies are not just spoken just, just, just for that situation. There is a connection. Sometimes, you know, we wonder the way we interpret the scriptures, you know, one scripture interprets the other scripture. We don't just go by our own understanding. One scripture interprets the other. So there always there is a connection. Bible also says there is a pair. No scripture stands alone. Always there is a pair, the pair that you can look for. Now this is something to do with setting up of God's kingdom. The shaking that word of God prophetically Haggai is speaking about is something to do with the establishment of God's kingdom. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me? No, we, you are living in this earth. I'm living in this earth for no reason other than to establish God's kingdom. Are you with me? If, if not, then you don't have any interest in this sermon this morning. The reason why you are existing today, the reason why God is working in your life, God has brought you together in this place. If, you know, we are called to work in the kingdom of God. That's what we have been doing. Last 12 years, that's what we have been doing. Those who have gone through this ministry, you are allowed to, you are expected, you are called to work as long as you are here. So the shaking that God is talking about is something to do with the kingdom of God. Establishment of the kingdom of God. And you know what? The way this shaking is needed. The shaking is needed. So that all the strongholds will lose its strength. Amen. The shaking is needed so that all the strongholds of the nations will lose its strength. You know, today God may be doing some shaking in our lives. Why he does that? He does that because, you know, we need to lose. Some of those strongholds needs to lose their strength in our lives. God shakes us. Our dependency on others will become loose. When God shakes us, our stronghold on this earth, you know, something that we are depending on too much on the face of this earth will become loose. That's why God shakes God shakes us at times and it's very hard to go through that shaking of God. He can't stand it. Have you ever tried standing? Have you ever seen news reporters standing and reporting in the midst of a hurricane? Have you seen that picture? Are you able to bring that in your mind? And when God shakes, that shakes us, it is much more than that. It's much more powerful than that. At times we cry out to God, God, why? At times we cry out to people and say that why I'm going through the struggle in my life. Remember God is shaking you. The shaking took place a couple of times in the history. I will take you there right now. Number one, <clears throat> during Noah's flood. During Noah's flood, 
God had to shake the nations. God had to shake the entire creation so that the strongholds will lose its power, so that the wickedness will fall down when God shakes the nations. Foundations of the great deep, the Bible says, they burst forth at the time of Noah's flood. The great deep was broken. It was broken up so that more flood, more water thrashed out of the sources of water. I believe there was a great shaking that has taken place. You know, when the earthquake happens, when there's a shaking happens, you know about tsunami now, right? It happens because of there's a shaking below the surface of the water. And here we see Noah's situation. There's a shaking that's happening. I believe this shaking has happened so that, you know, the flood, the water sources could come open up and then water could come forth. And this shaking was to destroy the ungodly generation. God decided to destroy people who are living on the face of this earth at the time of Noah because God wanted to destroy the ungodly generation. Can you come with me to Genesis chapter 7 verse 11? Genesis chapter 7 verse 11. If you can read with me. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventh day of the month, on that day, all the foundations of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. I could imagine a great shake that took place in the world. And as I said, this shaking was to destroy the ungodly. God wanted to destroy the people who are living on the face of this earth. God wanted to destroy everyone who are living on the face of this earth except the righteous generation of Noah. There are times in our lives Come with me. God shakes us so that the wickedness will fall apart. The wickedness will fall apart. God shakes us terribly at times so that the ungodly things may fall apart from our lives. You know, there are many times when you think, that, think about ungodly things. You know, we think about doing something bad, doing something evil. Bible says, even a child has wickedness in his or her heart. We are born wicked and God had to shed those wickedness away from our lives so that we become the vessels of God. We become as chosen people of God. Can you read the scripture again? Genesis 7, 11. In the 600 years of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventh day of the month, read with me. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. and you know the story <coughs> what happened at the time of the flood of Noah the flood came up and people perished all the wicked generation the entire wicked generation perished so the shaking has taken place during the time of Noah to shake off all the wickedness sometimes when we go through certain situation in our lives sometimes when we go through when our family goes through certain situation in our lives Sometimes, you know, we feel that we are targeted by the enemy. Sometimes we feel that, you know, we are in a corner of the situation. We, do, we become totally powerless and we don't have anything to do in that situation. But we may ask question to God, God, why am I going through? Why am I going through this situation? I remember God is shaking us. 
God is shaking us for a reason. God wants us to leave those things. You know, when something is shaken up, you know, we all know that we go to the go <clears throat> under the tree when the fruits are there, and what do we do? We shake the branches of the tree. I remember in my days, my childhood days. I don't know what you call that fruit, a black, thick, small fruit. I don't know. Okay, that doesn't mean anything. Okay. Jamun? Okay, some fruit. Okay, you got it, right? So my description was correct. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, that, that, may be, that tree may be standing there, you know, somewhere there. And when you get a hold of a branch, it may not be your tree, it may be just passing by. It may be standing in another compound, and you just hold a band, branch of the tree and shake. You know, some of the fruits will fall and you collect and then run away. So when you shake, something is going to fall. And when God shakes us, something is going to fall that we don't need to keep in our lives. We don't need to carry that with, with, we carry that with our lives into the future. God may shake our lives so that those wickedness, so bad things, so those wicked things will fall apart. That's the shaking that has taken place during the time of Noah. Secondly, at the Mount Sinai, at the Mount Sinai, we see God shook the heaven and the earth at Mount Sinai so that there were thunders, there were lightning, and there were earthquakes. And God, we see God is shaking the foundations of the nation. We see God is shaking the mountain of Sinai. There were earthquakes and there were thunders and there were lightning. You know, it is a very terrific situation there. If you imagine, if you read Exodus chapter 19, you get scared, really you get scared. It's a very, very terrific scene there, what is happening under the foot of Mount Sinai. He shook the heaven and the earth at the foot of Mount Sinai for a reason, for a couple of reasons. Can you come with me to Exodus chapter 19 verse 18? Can you read with me? Now, Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because right. and the whole mountain quacked greatly and the Lord okay, let's read that a little later. Now this is happening for a reason. God came down over Mount Sinai and we see the Mount Sinai getting shaken up and there is lightning and smoke and there is thunder and the earth quaked so greatly. And Moses is standing there. <clears throat> People of God are standing there and they were so scared. They were so afraid. At least God was speaking to Moses. He knew what's happening. He knew at that moment what's happening. But people are clueless. They were so afraid. They were so afraid. There are a couple of reasons why God shook the earth on that day. I got one answer in Exodus chapter 19 verse 9 if you can come with me. And the Lord said to Moses, can you read with me? 19 9 verse 9. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, I come to you in the thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and believe you forever. So Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. What reason God came? What reason God shook the earth on that day? God is saying that I have come down in a thick cloud so that people may hear you. People may know that you are from me. I'm sending you. You are the one who is sent. You are the one who is called. And people may believe you that it is the word of God. 
even to remove our unbelief. Listen to me. God had to shake us up. God was shaking the ground on that day so that the unbelief will remove from people of God. You know, God shakes us up when we have difficulty in trusting God. There are times we go through many different situations in our life. You know, none of us are perfect. None of us are having all good things, you know, every time. None of us can say that everything is perfect in my life. I'm happy all the time. You know, we all go through what men go through, men and women go through on the face of this earth. But God, listen to me this morning, you know, God shakes us up when we have difficulty in trusting God. When we have difficulty in trusting God, when God's word comes to us, we don't, we have a heart not to receive those words, you know. In fact, we reflect those words, saying that it's not for me. God is not speaking to me. This is not for me. When we deflect or reflect those words, God needs to shake us up. God needs to shake us up because, you know, when we don't believe in the word of God and when we have difficulty in accepting the counseling or counsel of God, you know, God counsels us through many different ways. Some of us may see visions and dreams. God speaks to you. Some of us, you know, many of us, a couple of us at least, you will tell me at the end of the service, you know, God, Pastor God was speaking to me. Wow, thank you. Such a lovely wife. So God, you know, see, it opened up. When you do, when you give anything with love, you see a miracle there. Amen? Amen? When you really do it with real love, then real miracles, check place. Try it with your spouse. Try it out with your spouse. Are you ready? Right? Try it with your, your children. Try it out with your parents. Try it out with your neighbors. Try it out with your elders, you know, or the people who move through your work. Try to do something with love, out of love. That's a blessing for people. Right? So, where are we? When we have difficulty in accepting the counsel of God, we see God shaking us up. You know, there are times in our lives we don't want to listen to the counsel of God. We don't give ears to God. We just walk away from him. We block everything. We isolate ourselves. And we just don't want to listen to God. And that tells us there's a shaking is coming. The shaking is coming. God will not leave you in that situation forever. God doesn't want you to walk away from God. You know, that's a terrible thing with our God. Once you know, once you come to know the Lord, you, cannot, you can never run away from him. It's like a Jonah story maybe. We try to run away from him, but God puts a hook around us and take, pulls us back. Pulls us back. We can never escape from God. That's the reason Psalm is saying that, Lord, it is so, so tremendous, so, so amazing for me, the way you put your hand upon me and surround me in all directions so that I can never escape and you do what you want to do in our lives. You know, some of you listening to this morning, that's what God is exactly doing in your life. God is having a grip over your life and he's trying to do what he wanted to do. God wanted to shake the earth and show the people of God there on that day that you need to listen to Moses. You need to listen to my voice. You need to listen to my counsel. And also, not only that, what is Exodus chapter 20? Any of you? Exodus 20 is what? What happened in Exodus chapter 20? Commandments, good. God has given commandments. 
to the people of God. All the Ten Commandments were given in Exodus chapter 20. And God was preparing the nation. God was preparing his people. You know, if you want to walk in love, if you want to walk in with integrity, all the commandments, if you want to walk godly, if you want to present yourself acceptable in the presence of God, God had to shake us up so that we'll start believing in our God. Amen? God wants us to believe in him no matter what we go through. Thirdly, the third shaking that is taking place in the history is at the time of the birth of Lord Jesus Christ that we just talked about. The Roman kingdom is under the rulership. The Judea region is under the rulership of King Herod at the time when Jesus was born. As I said, he was a cruel king. He was a totally unstable king. As we read in Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 to 3, it was a threat for Herod. The birth of Lord Jesus Christ was a threat for Herod. You know, he thought there is another political power that is rising. There is another political power that is rising that is going to come and take over his kingdom. And that was the shaking that is happening at that moment. And all that throughout what you know is God was shaking the kingdom of this earth to establish what? His kingdom. Can you say his kingdom? But at times, it was a great terror, terror on the kingdoms of the, this earth. We're going to talk about two more shaking that has taken place in the history and the final shaking that will take place in the coming days. The number four was during the suffering of Lord Jesus Christ. There was a great shaking that was taking place during the suffering and the crucifixion of Lord Jesus Christ. As I said, from humanity point of view, when Jesus was hanging at the cross, that was a defeat. That was a defeat. But heaven was rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing because that is a victory. That is a victory that was thought of even before the foundations of this earth. And as Jesus was hanging at the cross, we see there is another shaking that is happening there. In Matthew, if you can come with me to Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 and 51. Can you read with me? Matthew 27, 50 and 51. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. He gave up his spirit. 51. At that moment, okay, read with me. And the earth cracked and the rocks were split. So we see another shaking that is happening. At the time of crucifixion, as Jesus was about to breathe his last breath, you know, we see that there is another great shaking that is happening. As I said, it is a death in terms, of human, in, in terms of human understanding, but it is a victory in heaven. It is a victory, and what is happening there, God was shaking the kingdom of the earth again to establish his own kingdom. And when that shaking happens, you know, many things happen, many strange things happen. The earth opened up. When that shaking took place, graves opened up. And Bible says many saints came out of the grave and graves and they walked into the city. So there was a great shaking that was happening at that moment. And we also see graves opening. And remember God is doing the shaking to establish his kingdom again. Earth literally shook. Jesus literally shook the earth kingdom, earthly kingdom. There are maybe a couple of reasons why that would have taken place, why that had taken place. 
He opened up, you know, he, he, he shook the kingdom of the earth at that moment to show that it's not done yet. It's not done yet. He's on the way of establishing his kingdom. He'd also shake, he, the shaking has happened just because, you know, when the shaking has happened, earth opens up and things come out. You know, when God shakes us up, there may be things coming out of our lives. Things that are not pleasing God. Things that are not wanted in our lives. They may come out from our lives when God does that shaking. And God is very, very intelligent. And he does that shaking in your life and my life in his own way. In his own way. Finally, the final shaking is to remove the things that we see around. The final shaking when that happens, when that happens, all the shaky and all the unstable things that we see in this world, they are going to be removed. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me? Yes? So we are talking about the coming of Lord Jesus Christ, the birth of Lord Jesus Christ, shaking the earthly kingdom. The final shaking is to remove the things that are shaky, that are unstable today we see on the face of this earth. I want to read a couple of scriptures there this morning. God wants to shake the worldly things and so that he can establish the heavenly things. God wants to shake the earthly kingdom so that he can establish the heavenly kingdom. God wants to shake the earthly bodies so that he can establish the heavenly bodies. Can you come with me to Hebrews chapter 12 verses 26 to 27. Three more scriptures we are going to read and we are going to pray this morning. Whose voice then shook the earth? But now he has promised, saying, Yet one more I shake not only earth, but also the heaven. Verse 27. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. And as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. During the shaking, what's going to happen? The things that are shaky including our lives on the face of this earth. Totally unstable, totally unpredictable. The lives that we are living on the face of this earth. The job that we have today, our employments, our families, you know, whatever you can name it on the face of this earth, they are all shaky, they are all shaking. And God is going to shake the earth and heaven one more time. For what? Can you read this verse 27, second part of verse 27? Yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain we deal with two things in our lives one is things are very shaky our willpower our strength our health our wealth our abilities our talents they are shaky they are shaky any times it can be taken out of our lives Today, one person living in you have seen that you want somebody living in, in a great wealth and great luxury. And today, tomorrow, he had to declare bankruptcy. Today, somebody is having a great health and they can they think that they can achieve everything by their own strength. Tomorrow, they lose everything. Totally unstable, totally unpredictable. And God is talking about those things in our lives. The things that are being shaken, they're not going to stay. And God had to shake so that, you know, those things will fall apart. And things that are stable only remain forever and ever. And Bible says, 
God is going to do that. The book of Revelation says that there is going to be a cosmic disturbance coming upon the land. And God is going to shake. Can you come with me to Revelation chapter 6 verse 12? Can you read with me? I looked when he opened the sixth seal. And behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black and sackcloth of hair. And the moon became like blood. And the stars of the heaven, what happened when the shaking, shaking takes place? The stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. If we ever have doubt, if we ever have difficulty in believing the book of Revelation, God is talking about the shaking. As I said, this is an echo. This is a reverberation of the shaking that is taking place in Judea with King Herod, the kingdom of Herod. That is echoing into the future. And this is what God is going to do. When God shakes the earth and heaven is all going to fold up and it's all going to fall down. Because God is going to recreate the entire universe. By shaking those things that are not required there. And it's all going to happen at the coming of the Son of God. We are talking about the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot conclude the birth of Lord Jesus Christ without talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 13, as Jesus was seated on the mount and all the disciples were sitting around him, they asked him one question, God, what is the sign that the end of the days will come? When the end of the days come, how do we know? And Jesus said many things, and this is what one thing that I just want to bring into your attention. Mark chapter 13, verse 24. Can you read with me? But in those days, after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars of heaven will fall, and the powers in heavens will be shaken. We're talking about the birth of Lord Jesus Christ shaking the earthly kingdom and that shaking continues until the end of the age, until the coming of Lord Jesus Christ. Because God had to do it in order to create new heaven and a new earth. Two weeks before when I finished my sermon, someone, a girl was standing at the door and she had said, I have a question. And she asked me, what do you believe the book of Revelation, whatever it says is, are they all returned symbolically? Or do you think that, you know, they are going to really happen? And I wish she's here this morning with us, you know, can, to tell that, you know, it's all going to happen. Because God is going to shake. God is going to shake the entire universe. Things are going to fall apart. The whole idea is to establish his kingdom. If God is doing something in your life that you don't like, this morning I'm here to tell you that, you know, God wants to establish his kingdom in your life. He's up to that. Revelation 21.1, God had to do something new in your life and in my life. Revelation 21.1, can you read with me now? John is seeing, now can you put Revelation 21, 21 verse 1, if you don't have, I'll read that for you. Revelation 21 verse 1 says, now I saw a new heaven, probably I didn't put the scripture, and now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no mercy and there were many, many different things. There will not be. The first heaven and the first earth that we see today, we live in today, is going to go away. 
It's going to go away, it's going to pass away, and God is going to create something new. And you, you need to be found there, and I need to be found there as part of the creating team, creation team of God. When God creates, when God puts those things together, in order to happen, that to happen in our lives, things have to fall apart. That shaking has to happen. And this morning, God is shaking our lives. You know, that's the only thing, one thing that I won't understand. If you turn back and see what you've gone through during, during this year. During this year, it was this year was not an easy year for many families. You encountered terrible things in your life. You faced many challenges in your life. You expected, you encountered many different things that you never expected that will happen in your life. And still it's not leaving you. Still you are going through that in your life. And this morning I want you to understand that God is shaking. When God shakes, he's up to something. He doesn't do things arbitrarily. He doesn't do things in a randomly. God is working in your life. Shall you all arise this morning?